You're listening to The Bridge, a podcast on stories of courage, resilience, and innovation with me, Linda Fadrizi Williams, the president of Central Penn College. Welcome to The Bridge Podcast, a show about resiliency. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Fadrizi Williams, president of Central Penn College. Last time, I had the pleasure of interviewing author, speaker, and real-world leader, Mr. Joseph Robinson, Jr. We talked about Joe's work at the Martin Luther King Jr. Leadership Development Institute, his time working at the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and early retirement. Today, we will discuss more on the topics of leadership and dive deeper into diversity and inclusion efforts and how other organizations can introduce these critically important efforts to their employees. Enjoy the second half of the Bridge Podcast with Joseph Robinson, Jr. All right, so we're going to switch gears a little bit. All right. You also, in your spare time, serve (laughs) as a deacon at your church, the Greater Zion Missionary Baptist Church. Yes, yes. Talk about how serving your community in that way, influences your everyday thinking. Yes. All right. Well, it's uh, that's an excellent question as well. And I, I've been a deacon at the Great Design Baptist Church since 1986. Wow. So it's been a long, long time, time. Long time. So you and, did that when you worked full time. Uh, yeah, correct. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And the role of a deacon in a Baptist church, unlike a Catholic church, I mean, they're, they're seminary trained in a Catholic yeah. church, but in a, a layperson, in a Protestant organization, a deacon is a layman, a layperson. And our responsibility is to see to the membership, okay. to attend to the membership, assist the pastor, uh, but see to the membership, uh, whether it's sick visitation, et cetera, uh, meeting the needs of the community. So that's that's that was the role of the deacon, and so that that's what I spent my time doing, trying and still do, you know. So I'm going to ask you this because as a layperson, and if you're meeting with people who are sick, or you're meeting with mm-hmm. people who need to talk, that's and right. anything like that. And you have a family. That's right. And you had a full-time job. And then you retired, but you didn't actually retire. You took on a whole other job. I ask a lot of questions about work-life balance. I actually call yes. it work-life integration yes, because there's no yes. such thing as an equal balance. That's right. How, you know, have you struggled with that through the years? Has it gotten easier for you? Are you able to identify like things you have to give up a little bit? That's because right. a lot of our That's students, right. so right. over 90% of our students work. Right. That's and right. they're going to school. And so for them, this is a constant struggle. Same yeah, thing with our faculty yeah. and staff. That's right. So have you struggled with that? Sure. I think the young, the younger you are, you struggle with that because we're all striving to get somewhere yes. in the yes. services. So, you, so, so it's, it's just your nature. Number one, you're more energetic <laughs> when you're younger. Well, that's true. And, and then two, you, you, you have a goal. You're trying to get somewhere to make your mark, if you will, in life. And so you take on more responsibilities. But as you uh, kind of start down the other side of that, that that hill, you begin to pick your spots. And so so it's gotten a little easier now to say no. That's, that's a difficult thing for most of us to say no. And so it's, I think that's the key is that after a certain point in time in life, you begin to realize what's more important to you. I mean, again, I don't uh, begrudge any of those folks who are sure. doing it because I did the same thing. That's what we do as we're moving in our careers. But at some, how you learn. But at some point, you begin to identify what's where where am I at at this stage in my right. life. Life is about seasons. So at this particular season, what's important in my life? And that's what you have to assess. 
exactly. It's not easy. No. And I think you're right. With age, it gets a little bit better, and you're That's able right. to say no a little bit more. That's right. That's um, right. And prioritize. So Absolutely. thank you, thank you Absolutely. for sharing that with me. <laughs> All right. These seven leadership principles yes. from the life of St. John the Baptist. That's right. I want to talk to you about them. Will you Will you share them, sort of go through them sure, with me? I know sure. we. it's a short show, but even to get through some of them and the highlights, that'd be All great. All right. Okay. Well, let me just uh, state what they are. First of all, okay. I, I call them... Seven leadership imperatives. Imperatives, that's right. And, and you chose that word specifically. Specifically, because okay. my contention is that what I'm suggesting, these principles, if you will, are non-negotiable principles if you're going to be an effective leader. Oh, so, okay. So, so I, fr- I framed them in the imperative mood by saying, be sure, be focused, be humble, be discerning, be complimentary, be uncompromising, and be encouraged. Those are the seven mm. imperatives, and I framed them that way because this is a this is a command. It's saying don't 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 waffle on this. You, yeah. you must. These are things you must uh, strive to uh, aspire to. So those are the seven imperatives. Okay. And so, and so the first imper- and I gleaned those from the life of John the Baptist yeah. uh, because in studying him, and, and I say this uh, even in the preface of the book, we we all bring our own uh, background and our training and our experiences to everything we do. Sure including reading the Bible. And so as I was reading the Bible, I began to see from a managerial perspective and a leadership perspective some attributes, some characteristics yeah. of John the Baptist, and that's what gave birth to the to the book. Uh, and so I began to see that this guy was a guy who was very clear right. on his purpose as a forerunner. He was very uh, focused, to be focused, where he didn't waver, Unlike I, unlike what I did, now, uh, he was very humble in terms of being uh, a humble man. What he said, I'm not even worthy to untie the shoelaces lace, of, of his sandals. Mm. He was very discerning. A discerning leader has to be able to sense and and be attuned to changing conditions. Yeah. And when you see them, not only do you, must you be intuitive enough to see the change. But then you have to take action. Think about 2020. Yes. You want to talk about one of the imperatives. Yes. yes. The, the people and the organizations that are going to survive are people that That's were able right. to do that. That's right. That's right. We, uh, Dr. W. Edwards Deming, one of the quality gurus in the 50s after World War mm-hmm. II and all, he used to uh, go around and talk. He lived to be in his 90s, but he's dead now. But it, Dr. Deming, and he would uh, talk to uh, business leaders, CEOs, coaching yeah. them. And if he got resistance from them, you know, because he's telling them what you need to do. And he was a big person. Statistical process control sure. was his thing. And he'd say to them, after he listened to all of their excuses, he said, well, listen. He said, listen. And he had this, you know, voice. He said, listen. He said, uh, he says, uh, you, don't, you don't have to change. Uh, survival isn't mandatory. <laughs> well, isn't that <laughs> and, true? And I have that sign on my wall. I kept it on my wall in my office. You don't, you don't have to change. Survival isn't mandatory. You just keep doing what you're doing. So let me follow up on that because that's a really good point. And when you are, when you are a CEO and you're in tune with what's happening, right. you realize that. That's right. For your employees... That's, That's right. not always so easy Correct. to explain. That's true. And so how how do you um, how do you coach the leaders and mm-hmm. and help them get their mm-hmm. own constituents on board? Sure, sure. They have to feel like a, a, a part of the, the the plan and the direction of the organization. They have to feel like they're part of the shared shared direction yeah. and the shared leadership. If they feel empowered and feel like I too this is important, I play a vital role in this, and they feel this is connected as the CEO. 
then then that becomes a little bit easier. So, so and then and then each level beneath has to be made to feel like this is important, and I'm a part of it, and right. my my opinion is valued, and and I see it. It's not lip service, but I really am a part of this, uh, and that that's that's so so crucial. If if I have time. Uh, uh, Ken, Ken, Ken Blanchard used to tell a, a story about uh, a manager who was uh, talking to the employee about uh, vision. And tell us, sh- we, we have time. We have All plenty right. of time. She said, uh, in, in this scenario, this little uh, scenario, this joke, he said, uh, the, the manager pulled the employee over and said, uh, Johnson, he said, listen, look here. I want you to look out over that over that uh, mountain there. He said, can you, can you see that hill over there? He said, yes, I see that. He said, well, just keep looking. He said, can you see this uh, huge uh, 5,000 square foot mansion <laughs> sitting up on that hill? He said, yes, yes, I can see that. He says, and, and with the pool and everything, yes, yes, I can see that. He said, well, Johnson, if you keep working, one day all of that will be mine. <laughs> oh, no. So there was no shared vision. Oh, boy. That was his vision. Yeah. So the point is the, yeah. the vision has to be something that the employees can share buy into with. share with. Yeah. And, if, and if they share in it, then all of a sudden it becomes easier to, to push that down and, and becomes easier to get the buy-in. They just have to feel connected, and that's that's a challenge. Now, it's yeah. not easy, but they have to feel connected, and sometimes organizations just give lip service to that. That's, that's a very valid point, and I, yeah. I think you're I think you're spot on. Um, you said the first one is be clear. Uh, be sure. Be sure. Be sure. Be focused. Let's talk about be sure. Be sure is that imperative. I, I say when I do the training, of all the imperatives, of yeah. all seven, this is the most crucial one. Oh, all right. It's also the most difficult one okay. because it requires you to be ever in the process of trying to assess what is my raison d'etre, what am mm. I here for, what is my purpose. Uh, you have to take some time to put some gray matter to that and, and uh, identify what is it that I'm called to do. Yeah, and 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 I say in the book there are sometimes there are clues. Uh, uh, one of the clues is and uh, is is now is for you to assess yourself and say what am I really good at? What really right. motivates me? Right. And then also you need to look outside of yourself and find out what do others say right. I'm really good at, and hopefully you find some commonality uh, to begin to give you some clues. Uh, as I said, people don't. There's no need in you saying, "Boy, I really can sing." <laughs> and then and somebody else said, oh, no, you can't either. So, so there's a dis- disconnect there, you know. Uh, and so if, so if you understand what it is you're called to do, and that's, the, that's what I say, it's a lifelong pursuit where you're trying to understand what is it. As they say, what is it that you'd be willing to do even if you weren't getting paid for it? Mm. What, what is that one thing you'd be willing to do? What drives you so much? And if you know, and then the, the the challenge is to say, now how do I then take that passion, that that avocation, if you yeah. will, and turn it into a vocation? You know, to that's to, not easy. It's not easy at all. But that's the challenge for for, for true fulfillment. And I, I I give an example. I had uh, an employee who worked for me. He was an in, uh, uh, industrial engineer, mm-hmm. and he worked for me at Pendot. And uh, after, I don't know, maybe two or three years, he came to me and said, I'm going to, um, I'm resigning. He said, I've decided to be a, a federal a federal officer. Uh, oh. uh, what do you call the, the, the uh, yeah. not a federal officer, federal ranger. I forget what they're called. But fe- but he wants, that's what he wanted to do. What he accompanies people to yeah, and from. That's right. Okay. So as a federal, uh, for federal crimes. So that's right. what he wanted to do. And that's I said, very and specific. I said, I said, and you, I said, <laughs> I said but you, you have an engineering degree. 
I said, you're an engineer. And right. Why do you want to do that? He said, well, I, it's just something I've always wanted to do. I said, okay. I said, well, how do your parents feel about that? I mean, you're an engineer. And yeah. that, I, I, he said, well, to be honest with you, uh, my parents are used to it now because I have one brother who was a, 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 a civil engineer and another brother who was a mechanical engineer. He oh, said, isn't and, that and, interesting? And, 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 and he said, the one of them is, is, is now a military police officer and, oh. the, and the other is a cross-country truck driver. I said, you mean all three of you all pursued an engineering degree and it really wasn't the passion of n- neither of you? What, that is were incredible. Were either of their parents engineers? I, I don't know what prompted that. But I wonder if there was someone that, that thought that was a good path uh, or tried it, to. Yes, that's what I see. We, we always say, well, what's a good paying job? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's major in that. But, yeah. the, but you can't chase the dollars because you got to get up in the morning. So you want you want to be something that you're passionate about, because chasing the dollars is not the answer. And so that there in that case, those three fellas all went to engineering. Isn't that funny? And, and neither one of them want to be engineers now, you know. Hmm. But 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 I say in that case, I talk about them adjusting their auditory filters, where they they screened out the extraneous noise that said, "Oh no, you're an engineer now. You have to stay here." Right. You know, no, they they blocked that out. They adjusted their filter yeah. and made the appropriate uh, course correction and, and began to do things that they were passionate about. And and there has to be some balance to that, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm asking because I think about some of uh, the younger generations, mm-hmm. um, and I think some of this is generational. I think about, like, right. the um, TikTok stars. That's, mm-hmm. that's like an app where they do these short videos or right. YouTube stars, and, and they right. want to be social media influencers. And right. there is a level where you have to, you have to balance your passion right. of something you like to do for fun sure. with something that's really going to sustain you sure. too. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. That's right. That's right. And and so you mentioned focus, be focused. Yeah. And right. I think that's important because that's difficult in mm. this day and age. Sure, sure. Once you, and, and in, in the context of the imperatives, once you are clear on what your right. purpose is with the be sure, now you have to resist the temptation to be pulled in 50 different directions. Yeah. You know, and that's hard too. Yeah, exactly. And so that's, and again, using John the Baptist as the exemplar, he he was he was successful at not being pulled in different directions. Yeah. And so I'm saying, let's all try to emulate what he did. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's easy, but let's try. And what were the last imperatives? Oh, the uh, number three was the, the humility: be humble, right, and then be discerning to be able to sense and then take action, and then and then to be uh, uh, complementary, uh, spelled with the P L E, meaning let's be collaborative, working together, not Love it. you know, be collaborative and not competitive, you know, uh, but let's be complementary in our leadership. And John the Baptist was complementary uh, in terms of his ministry. And then, and then, and then the, the sixth, the sixth imperative is to be uncompromising. Now I say often in the training, the most crucial imperative is imperative one, understanding right. your purpose, because right. everything that drives everything right. else. Exactly. But the most difficult imperative is to be uncompromising. Mm. Cause that means you have to be willing to place personal peril that has to be subordinate you know, uh, to your principles. Yeah. Uh, uh, John the Baptist stood up for what he believed, even when he called out the king's incestuous, adulterous affair with his brother's wife. John the Baptist called it what it was, and it ended up having getting his head cut off. But he, but that's why this is a difficult imperative, because you have to be willing to do that. Uh, Dr. King was an uncompromising leader. Come what may, I'm I'm going to. Stand, this is where I stand, and uh, and if it means 
uh, there's some repercussions, so be it. And, and what I say about being uncompromising, you also have, it's a matter of principle. It's a matter of understanding that these are my values. Right. This is where I draw the line. And come what may. But when it happens, when you take a stand and yeah. then there's the repercussions, yeah. now you can't cry foul and say, why are you all doing this to me? Because right. you're doing it. Right. You know what I'm saying? You Some have people to go into it expecting you, that that you, may happen. That may happen, you, and you're committed to that. And so once it happens, then you can't say, why are you doing this to me? Oh, no, right. no, no, no. Then you, then, you, right. then you really weren't sold on, on, that, on that principle that you pretended to be espousing. So that's the crucial thing. Mm. Are you willing to, are you willing to, you know, we say, where are you going to put your stake in the ground? You know, uh, and so that's, that's, the, that's the difficulty of imperative number six. And, and I could see that. Yeah, yeah, that's the difficulty. We all that that's a challenging one for everyone. And then the seventh imperative is simply to be encouraged. Now, I I often close out all of my correspondence with that, and 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 uh, but also the the purpose of that principle, that imperative, is because in the account of John the Baptist, he was seeking. He he sent a word, mm-hmm. if I may go so far as to say this. He sent a word by his. Uh, followers to Jesus after he had been arrested prior to being beheaded. He had been arrested for daring to say that this relationship is a session. And while they're in jail, he sent message saying to Jesus, Jesus, I need to know, are you the one that I've been saying is coming, the Messiah? Or should I be looking for another? Because I need to know, is all this for naught? Right. Did my life matter? Right. And that's what we all want to know. Did my life matter? Absolutely. And so John says to us, be encouraged, because the word came back to him. Uh, he, Jesus said, you go back and tell John that, uh, that, that, that the deaf folks are hearing and blind people are seeing, you know, and lame people are getting up walking. That's right. what you go back and tell John. And that, that was to encourage John to know that you, you haven't been doing this in vain. And so as leaders, mm. we have to recognize that sometimes we will see the fruits of our labor and sometimes we will not. But as long as we know that we are clear on our purpose and we're approaching it and we're staying focused on it and we're pushing the ball in the right direction, then draw encouragement from that. Come what may, be encouraged in the fact that you're working where you're supposed to be working and you're moving the ball down the field. That's what is implied in that seventh imperative about being encouraged. That is powerful. Looking to invest in yourself in 2021? Have you been dreaming about starting that side hustle or business where you call the shots? Central Penn College has a new program designed with the entrepreneur in mind. For those of you looking to start something new in 2021, check out our new Professional Certificate in Small Business and Entrepreneurship. Learn the business essentials that will save you time and money and help you make more money in the long run as a business owner. This nine-month program is perfect for people who want to learn about business essentials fast so they can either start their own business or make their current business even more successful. To learn more about these and other exciting programs, visit www.centralpen.edu slash academics and look for the certificates category under programs. That is powerful. The, 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 whole, the whole thought of, of knowing your purpose mm-hmm. and not just knowing it, 
standing by your convictions, being ready to take whatever the consequence is, but being encouraged that you're making a difference and you're there for a reason. If whether you see it or don't see it, you know. You know, if if you remember the movie Mr. Holland's Opus. Oh yeah. Yes. Well Mr. Holland oh, man. Mr. Holland was trying to do his big symphony, you know, his opus and uh and ended up having to teach music at that school, right. if you recall. And and uh and at the time by the time it was all over, he said at the end of the movie, after they were cutting the the music program, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he made the statement. He said, You know, thirty years ago I came here kicking kicking and screaming. He said, and now I find that this is the only thing I really want to do. He found his purpose. He found his purpose. Yeah. And don't you know, at his uh, retirement party, they surprised him with a big assembly in the auditorium. And who comes walking down the aisle but this young woman, primrose glass. Well, she, she mm-hmm. looks a little better than that now. But she, but she had come to it. She came <laughs> down the aisle. Uh, but she came down the aisle as the governor of the state. And she had been one of his music, st- one of his wallflower music students. Right. He had, who had blossomed, and and he had influenced her life. And then here she shows up later, as the governor coming back to thank Mr. Holland. She said, "Mr. Holland, I know you want to create your write your opus, but we are the notes of your symphony. Oh, Those man. you've invested your life in. We are, your, we are Mr. Holland's opus. We are." And that's that that movie there was that, that what what a scene. But there was a case where Mr. Holland, God bless him, he was able to see it. Sure. But he didn't know it. But so, so that's what as a leader, you're not gonna always get that uh sense of I achieved it. Uh, we, we crossed the goal line, but but just be encouraged that you're moving the ball in the right direction. President Kennedy said we're gonna put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. Yeah. He was probably shot two years later. Never saw it. But sure enough, it Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. But he was moving the ball in the right direction. Be encouraged as a leader that you're moving it in the right direction. Whether you see the outcome or not, take solace in that, that I'm doing my part. Joseph Robinson, Jr., I needed you today. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you were sent here to meet with me today to deliver this message. Um, What's the name of your book? Seven Leadership Imperatives from a Wild Man. John the Baptist being the wild man. <laughs> Excellent. And and uh, where can people get this? Uh, any book, any bookseller online. Uh, the publisher is the Judson Press okay. out of Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. They've been publishing for the American Baptist churches since 1824. And uh, and so they published the book. But you can get it Amazon, anybody okay. you can find it out there. I'm I'm downloading it right <laughs> after we're done here. It's on a Kindle version too. Excellent. Yes, excellent. Okay. We're gonna talk a little bit more. We have a little bit more time left. All um, right. in the last episode of The Bridge, we did talk a lot about diversity inclusion initiatives here at Central Penn College and how you've personally been involved right. with helping us get um, diversity and inclusion efforts off the ground here. I mean, we were doing them, but we're doing them in a much more intentional way. And mm-hmm. I and I want to talk to you a little bit more about some of your trainings. We had the pleasure of attending a training that you hosted with Una Martone mm-hmm. in Leadership Harrisburg area mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. What are steps that organizations can take to build a more inclusive company culture? Okay. Well, that's an excellent question. And uh, and for, the first step is uh, <laughs> is awareness and recognition right. that they need to, right? Because uh, some of them still don't recognize that. But but I can honestly say that in the light of uh, that that George Floyd killing, that kind of uh, opened up a lot of people's eyes worldwide uh, to, to what what to what black people's experience has been in in America. And so that was uh, that was a pivotal moment. 
And so more and more companies and organizations are recognizing, to your point, that, that we need to do something. And, yeah. that's, and that's a good thing. And so the question is, what, what can they do? We, we always encourage in the training, we encourage them to educate themselves mm. and to learn. Uh, 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 Stephen Covey's habit number five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Right. So go out and try and learn. Uh, don't, don't, uh, you, we all got our own biases, but try to, try to put your biases aside and try and learn some new information. Read some different authors. Listen to some different orators right. to get a different perspective other than your own. Uh, 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 my pastor used to make the expression, he'd say, you have to take the mental flight from your shoes to theirs, yeah. you know? And so that's, that's what I, organizations need to first of all do. Excellent. So... As a country, we have divisions. Yes. Race, class, culture, gender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You talked about this a little bit. What are strategies for finding the common ground? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have to find out uh, what our, our shared values are in terms mm-hmm. of what is it that we want? Uh, what do we want for our school? What do we want for our organization, our company? What do we want? Let's, let's agree on that. Right. And now, once we agree on that, now we can talk about some ways to get there. But let's first of all agree on what the goal is, what the what the target is, and then you begin to have some. Uh, you, you just go through a lot of uh, processes to, to get to that point. You know, to have some uh, uh, some some sincere, honest discussion, all about getting results and, and, mo- and again moving the needle. You know, that's that's what it's about. But it starts with understanding this, being an agreement. On what is it? What is it that we're trying to achieve here? Agreed. Um, what are some of the challenges an organization might face when starting to have, especially if they've never had these types of discourse at their institutions? Sure. Yeah, that's an excellent question. They are going to. Uh, the, the, what you're going to find is just that natural resistance, and, and and all of us, particularly as we're adults, we all like to feel like we've we've, we've learned and we've kind of acquired some skills and some standing and status in life and. So we feel like we, you know, whatever I've been doing for the last forty years has served me well. So here I am. Right so now, you ask me to think differently. That's right. And that's 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 difficult for people to uh, to make that pivot and to think about thinking differently, because you know, again, the way they've been thinking all their lives have got them to where they are today. Yeah. So they feel take comfort in that and solace in that. So you've got to try to help them. We've got to help them see that there's another perspective out there. We all have blind spots. Right. And so we're going to help each other see these blind spots. Excellent. Well, thank you. Well, you're welcome. We have one last thing that I do with every guest. It's called our speed round. Speed round. Yeah. Oh, my. So it's the end of each podcast. I ask each guest a series of quick questions. Oh, my goodness. You answer with the first thing that comes to the top of your head. Okay. So no long answers. Just a quick answer. Okay. I mean, if it takes you a few sentences, that's fine. But it's it's really meant to be, what what is it that you are, you know, first thing that you think of? Okay. Oh, my. All right. So first one. Yes. Top song, group, or artist that you're (laughs) listening to right now? Who do you love to listen to? Who do I love to listen to? Um, uh, in the rhythm and blues, I love to listen to Charlie Wilson. You okay. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That's a good answer. All right. Number two, dog or cat? Uh, I'm not a pet owner. Okay. So I, I, I've been indifferent, you know. Indifferent. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, best thing that happened to you over the last month? Over the last month? Oh, yeah. my. Uh, what happened this month? My uh, 
well, our grandson turned, he's 10 months old now. So Aww. that was a wonderful thing. That was the best thing. The fact when he was born, that's been just a tremendous You had a lot of pictures on Facebook <laughs> of that baby. <laughs> that beautiful baby. Yes, Lord. And that's something to celebrate. Yeah, so, so, so I'm sorry. Anytime I, with I'm a grandchild. Sorry, no, no, that's, that's Don't you apologize. <laughs> I have two sons and I, my, my oldest son turns 13 this oh, month. Oh, you got a while. And yeah. I can't, but I just can't even believe that my baby's 13. And, so. uh, and that's something. I get wow. it. Okay, favorite <laughs> beverage. Oh, is Mountain Dew. I knew it's, you were going to say that. Yeah, Mountain Dew is my favorite b- beverage, and, uh, and of course, all, all all teas. But but Mountain Dew, yeah, that's my. Next time I see you, I'm going to make sure we have that here. <laughs> and all right, number five, best piece of advice for Central Penn College students. Oh my goodness, uh, uh, get the most that you can out of your professors. Uh, be curious. Never stop being. Don't settle. For mediocrity, be curious. Ask the probing questions of your professors so you can get to the, to, to, to the deeper understanding of, of the subject matter that you're covering. So, so remain curious at all times and, and never uh, uh, fail to ask questions. Joe, I cannot thank you enough for sitting with me today. Thank you for everything you do for Central Penn College, oh, for our community. You. It's truly been an honor to be with you. Oh, thank you so much, Linda. So nice to have been here. And I just love Central Penn College and all that you all are doing over here. And I just thank you for uh, giving me an opportunity to contribute uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the few ways that I, I'm, I'm able to do it. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. Today's episode of The Bridge is brought to you by Central Penn College. Central Penn College offers career-focused programs that enable our students to transform their lives by landing jobs in their chosen profession. To learn more about investing in your career with Central Penn, visit us at www.centralpenn.edu. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Bridge, hosted by Central Penn College President Linda Fadrizi-Williams. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a great rating on your favorite podcast service. The Bridge is available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes of The Bridge, stories of resilience, courage, and innovation with Dr. Linda Fadrizi-Williams. We'll see you next time.